I'm Cami. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Whitney. And to sum up the first third of the book, we'll be talking about Mildred, Montag, and Clarice. I feel like Mildred has a lot of mood swings up and down, and she really reacts to a lot of things, like, chaotically. I think Montag's very, like, calm and neutral, but he's also having a lot of realizations about what's wrong in the world. Clarice is kind of floaty. She doesn't really blend in with society because in this society, everyone's a mold. And then some events that are happening is Montag's realizing things, Clarice went missing, and what's her, Mildred is going crazy. So this week's theme is loneliness. One quote that I found on page eight, right after Montag meets Clarice, is he glanced back at the wall, how like a mirror to her face. Impossible. For how many people did you know that refracted your own light to you? People were more often. He searched for a simile. He found one in his work. Torches blazing away until they whiffed out. How rarely did people, other people's faces take of you and throw you back into your expression, your own most innermost trembling thoughts. I feel like this shows that Montauk is really thinking about his life and he's lonely because he, in society, he really doesn't meet actual people who are willing to have good, decent conversations with him. Uh, I was wondering what any of you guys thought about this and if you, like, had any connections later on in the book. So what I'm hearing is you're saying, like, he seems, like, kind of lonely because, like, his, he didn't know, like, people could, like, reflect his own emotions. And, like, I think that that really, like, kind of sums up, like, how the world is in this book compared to how it is in real life, like, in, or in our world. Our world, like, you see that, like, almost every day while in this book, like, he was surprised that that could happen. What do you think, Whitney? Whitney? Yeah, um... I definitely agree that a big reason that Montag is lonely is because people around him are also lonely and they don't know how to interact with each other. Um, and I think that was um, a really cool thing that the author, author predicted because that is sometimes true in our world today. Um, people sometimes lose the ability to communicate with each other um, and that could be a big reason for loneliness. I actually have a, a sticky note on the page after that. Um, that is about um, how um, it's also about he's still in the same scene with um, with Clarice and he and he talks about how she is his only source of happiness Um, he felt his smile slide away melt fold over and down into itself like towel skin like the stuff of a fantastic candle burning too long and now collapsing and now blown out darkness he was not happy he was not happy he said the words to himself he recognized this as a true state of affairs he wore his happiness like a mask and the girl had run off across the lawn with the mask and there was no way of going to knock on her door and ask for it back. I actually had the same thing uh, bookmarked. Oh. And then I wrote, is he just realizing this now? Like, mm-hmm. has that mask kind of been protecting him too? And has he been seeing that mask too and not, like, realizing his own emotions? Because a lot of times nowadays, like, you mask your emotions even for yourself until, like, something big happens and you realize, why did I think that? Why did I act like this? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ellie? He also tells from the beginning of the book, like he was smiling. He had a grin on his face when he was burning the house down, and now he's not having it. He he knows that it's wrong, he, that it's 
there are people behind those books and it's wrong to burn them because they're free speech and they're just getting rid of the free speech that other people have. To kind of add on to that, Elliot, I'm wondering if like Clarice is the one who made him think of that way and Because in the book, she doesn't ever really seem like she thinks that burning books is a good thing. So I'm wondering if Clarice made him think a different way and realize what he was doing was wrong. And that kind of goes back to Clarice being his only source of happiness and the only thing keeping him from loneliness. I think we need to add that this is the first time he's ever met Clarice. So I don't think Clarice is his only source of happiness because I don't think Clarice made him happy. I think Clarice almost made him more depressed because he realizes that what Clarice is saying is true. Yeah, Clarice think- made him realize he's not happy. I think Clarice really just, like, was a one-time, or not one-time, but, like, an appearance that showed up, made him rethink, like, everything he's ever thought about, and almost made him, like Hannah was saying, more depressed. Yeah. Also building off the fact that he is, like, Clarice is, like, his one source of happiness, or it's the start of when he realizes stuff isn't going right for him or anyone else in this society that they've built. Um, he says that, and then Clarice is gone. He didn't know where he was in the afternoon, but had not seen her somewhere in the world. The lawn was empty, the trees empty, the street empty. In a while, at first, he did not know if he missed her or was even looking for her. The fact that she was, by the time he reached the subway, there was a vague stirring of disease in him. Something was the matter. His routine had been disturbed. A simple routine, true, established in a short days, in a short few days, and yet he almost turned back to make the walk again, to give her time to appear. He was certain if he tried the same routine, everything would work out fine, but it was late and the arrival of the train would stop his plan. This, this pretty much shows that he, he was really rattled by what Clarice said, and, and her leaving, or her being gone, like really shook him. He is very affected by her disappearance because what what she said was really detrimental to how he's going to act and how he will act according like to go against the book burning and what he's been told is right. Do you think that um based on that, do you think that um uh him having these realizations about society is um impacting his loneliness? Well, yeah, I think that he's realizing that because like, his love of bur- book burning has been making him happy and now that facade is gone and now he realizes there's nothing really to it. He doesn't have anything else besides book burning. He's pretty lonely. His wife doesn't really love him, as mm-hmm. you can pretty much tell. Yeah. He's completely alone and the um, absence of Clary has just exacerbated that. Yeah. And it says, in their charcoal hair and suit-colored brows and bluish ash-smeared cheeks, where they had sh- shaven close, but their heritage showed. Montag started up, his mouth open. He had never seen a fireman that didn't have black hair, brown brow, black brows, a fire face, and a blue steel shave but unshaved look. These men were all mirror images of himself. Were a fireman pick then for their looks as well as their facilities? I think that this kind of like more of shows that he's all alone in this world and everyone's kind of the same if all the firemen are exactly like him but he likes no of them none of them like he doesn't like any of his co-workers i have something to add on to that like in cults they'll brainwash you everyone will dress the same everyone will look the same and i feel like that's what they're doing like it's mass mm-hmm. 
getting rid of their character. Like, they're trying to break this person down so they can realize, oh my gosh, my life is awful. If I do this, maybe it'll be better. And I feel like the society as a whole, like, they don't realize what they're doing, but somebody started brainwashing everyone, and, like, it's just never stopped. I think that goes along with, like, groupthink. Um, it's kind of something that is in our society today. Um, it's not to the extreme level in this book, but the prediction the author made about the future was kind of accurate in the way that a lot of people act the exact same because they're told to. So I think the author did, like, a really good job at, like, putting that into the pages because in the book it doesn't have like this big like humorous like type of like tone to it it's more of like kind of a serious tone that shows that he's like really rethinking everything that he's doing and I think that the author did a very good job at like having that tone I feel like the book is a pretty accurate representation because this was written in like the 50s or 60s, right? Like they didn't know. Yeah, the 50s. And so these seashells that Mildred wears all the time are like AirPods or any headphones nowadays. And then also I feel like the speeding thing when Clarice is talking to Montag about how the billboards used to only be 20 feet, but now they're 200 feet because they need to last longer. I feel like society back back then kind of respected rules more than we do now like how many times have you ever been driving and you see somebody who well not driving you see somebody who's been going really fast and you think oh they just must be in a hurry not Mm -hmm. oh they're breaking the law Mm -hmm. and also it's kind of showing in my opinion that like back when this book was written it was kind of more like the 20 feet billboards and like how time wouldn't go by so fast but now in the book in the future it's like time's going by faster people are going faster people aren't paying as much attention to the details they're just seeing like the big picture and what's like next yeah so i have a piece of evidence um from page 41 where he's explaining why he feels a divide between him and mildred and how even though he has a wife he really feels distanced from her and feels like lonely even with her um, well, there wasn't, wasn't there a wall between him and Mildred when you came down to it? Literally not one wall, but th- so far three, and expensive too. And the uncles and the aunts and cousins and the nieces and nephews that lived in those walls, the gibbering pack of tree apes that said nothing, 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 and said it loud, loud, loud. He had taken them calling the residives in the very first house Uncle Louis Day, who, and Aunt Maud, the most significant memory he had of Mildred, really, was a little girl in the forest without trees. Or rather, a little girl in the lost platoon, where there used to be trees, sitting in the center of the living room. So this explains how he doesn't really have a connection, or a strong one, with Mildred. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, he feels like he doesn't know her, even though he's, he's, he's her husband. Mm -hmm. Something that I'm wondering is, before that, it says somewhere that, like, he's asking her about when they first met. Yeah. And he, neither of them remember, like, when they first met. And, like, it just kind of weird, it's kind of weird to me that, like, they're married and they think that they know everything and, like, whatever, they're supposed to be in love, but they don't even, like, remember where they met when they got married when they met like 10 years ago yeah that should be a special moment they're married that's a legal thing that you have to go through for Mm -hmm. another person you should remember at least some of it yeah and it's just it's crazy and it's part of his loneliness and unhappiness that he just can't connect to 
his wife, but he he seems to need her. He doesn't want anybody else, like yeah. the people on TV, like in your quote, talking to her because he just needs her because he doesn't have anyone else. And it seems like him and Grace are like both that same way where they need human interaction to make them not feel lonely. Yeah. I think that's everybody, but it's just nobody shows it. More you can you can tell he, like he needs her because she, he was worried when they when he found her unconscious. Mm-hmm. He was like he called the hospital. And I actually have a sticky note on this um, that I marked um, on page 63 um, that is at the point where he's trying to convince Mildred to um, go with him to run away with these books um, uh, at the end of the section that we've been reading. And he's just, um, this quote is just, he's just kind of yelling at her, ranting to her, like, even though she doesn't want to go, he's like, no, you have to. You need to come with me. I can't do this alone um, because he needs her to, like, help with his loneliness. Yeah, he sounds like he really needs protection, but his wife just does not want to provide it. Mm-hmm. Ellie, can you go into more in, like, more in depth about, like, what you think that is for him, like, the protection? Well, I, I feel like because Mildred seems to be the, the cooler, calmer one, she doesn't seem to be having a mental breakdown every single time they find something, because Montag just had this huge revelation about mm-hmm. what he's been doing and how it's been wrong and, you know, just incoherently under, like, misunderstandable. And how cause Mildred does not care. She just It's part of the society. She's just like, meh, sure. Fine. Mm-hmm. She's and then, pretty scared at she, that point, like when he brings out the books. Yeah, but she, that's because that she knows point. she could be killed for that. Yeah, they could burn their house down. She could die. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Montag is just having a mental breakdown. She's <laughs> just. Yeah, she, I mean, you can understand why she does not want to help. Because yeah, it's for her own safety. But I, I, they're, they're married. I feel like they should kind of cooperate and do that. But because mm-hmm. mm, yeah. So I had another quote that says, thinking he might even tap on their door and whisper, let me come in. I won't say anything. I just want to listen. What is it that you're saying? But instead he stood there, very cold, his face a mask of ice, listening to the man's voice, the uncle, moving along at an easy pace. Well, after all, this is the age of disposable tissue. Blow your nose on a person, wad them, flush them away, reach for another, blow, wad, flush. It seems like he's just, like, really trying to intently listen into their conversation and, like, mm-hmm. hear them, like, talking and having this, like, normal human conversation because he doesn't get to do that. And it kind of, I think it makes him feel more like he's included while he's not just, like, lonely by himself, like, not having those interactions. Yeah. Um, I had a sticky note from before, like, when we were just taking annotations that was on that very part that said something that is not valued in this society is people making lasting connections with other people. Mm-hmm. Because the conversation and him listening in on it makes him feel human, makes him feel loved, and feel like he's participating in something that is not, you know, just mm-hmm. society. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think that, like, him doing that, it's also making him think back to, like, the firehouse, because in the firehouse he talks about how, like, that things are very lonely and like how on a slow night they literally just bet on like the hound and what it will catch and then like they don't really have anything but like card games and bets. Do you think that like 
Clarice's family has something to do with him, like, realizing that the society is not, the society's values is not right. I think so, because Clarice, if you think about it, she would have been living there longer than what Montag would have met her for, because I think Summer said how long she was living there, and it was longer than when he had met her. So why does she come out that day? Why does she talk to him that day? Why not before? Why not after? Why does it have to be that day that she came out and talked to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those were our thoughts on how the first section of the Fahrenheit 451 book related to loneliness. Thanks for listening to our podcast.